Hello and welcome to Lit Liturgy. This is Becca Midiki Conlin. I am the pastor at St. Paul's and Good Shepherd Lutheran Churches in Easton, Pennsylvania. And this is Lydia Posselt, and I'm the pastor of Family of God Lutheran Church in Buckingham, Pennsylvania. And we are Lit Liturgy, your favorite worship podcast. Creativity with the twists and all that good stuff, because it's the pandemic. So uh, it's the pandemic, and we are lit and amazing, and the cat's pajamas and totes my goats, and probably a little tired. But also... Probably a little drunk, because it's the pandemic. <laughs> so <laughs> Probably more than a little. And I'm so excited, because we are in person today, mm-hmm. after six months of not being in person, but we've been hanging out a little bit together after the last... Uh, few uh, like last two months I guess as numbers have started to go down in our area and hopefully stay that way yeah uh, not optimistic but you know it's still nice outside and all that good so for the first time in six months cheers friend cheers so we are drinking uh Evan Williams Kentucky Cider bourbon which is an apple cider liqueur bourbon blend so only the finest (laughs) <laughs> oh, it tastes like fall in a glass. It does, though. It's like, like apple cidery. Uh, when she first, when Lydia bought this and first brought it out, I was like, oh, it's Evan Williams, which I was saying I don't have a huge <laughs> positive history from. Not the finest, maybe. But that was because of a different thing that I will not go into full detail about. Uh, didn't require, it wasn't about me getting drunk. I was serving at a, uh, at an event and it was the cherry and it was everywhere. It was sticky and gross, but this is, I I, I could deal with this. It's a nice balance of a little bit of sweet, very spicy. Well, not hot spicy. Oh yeah, exactly. Seasoned. (laughs) Seasoned. Yes. All the cinnamon nutmeggy goodness. Yeah, because I can't do spicy, spicy. (laughs) Anyway, um, we'll swear at some point, (laughs) um, because you know, we're spicy like that. (laughs) We are spicy. I can't handle the spicy, but I can be spicy. <laughs> oh, I've missed you so much. No, it's just not the same on Zoom. <laughs> no. We're glad for Zoom, but it's just not the same. Uh, so hopefully you're excited that we're as back to, uh, ex- excited that we are that we're back together and not over Zoom. So, <laughs> and we almost forgot to thank Brian O'Dean for our theme music. Yay! <laughs> Excellent. So each time we talk about some in-depth liturgical topic or worship, uh, church-related topic, and ways to be creative with that topic in our congregations. And so last time we talked about. Sunday school and what to do in the midst of pandemic. So today we're talking a little bit more about our older youth and confirmation and youth group and how to do that during pan- uh, pandemic. Because that's what we're all trying to figure out yeah. right now. And so we've separated our outline a little bit of having confirmation first and then we'll talk about youth group because they're similar but they aren't. So they're one and the same but they aren't. So let's actually talk about confirmation and the actual like teaching side of middle school, high school age groups. So Yeah, and we've kind of sub-broken... We're actually super organized this time, weirdly. We've, like, sub-broken it down to, like, Zooming or slash online, in-person, and then, like, some self-paced Yeah, but let's let's talk about Zoom, Zoom, Zoom. Or Zoom, Zoom? Zoom, Zoom? (laughs) Is it two Zooms or three Zooms? Zoom, Zoom, Zoom. Are you talking about the commercial? Yeah. (laughs) It's three. Zoom, Zoom, Zoom. I thought it was Zoom, Zoom. No, it's three. (laughs) Anyway. Write us in. Write in. We can also Google that shit. Um, (laughs) No time. So uh, if you're using Zoom, 
some options, the very simple one, use the tools that Zoom has available. So use the uh, a video-based curriculum that you can play on the screen and share it, and then they all get to see it up close and watch the video together. Um, use your breakout rooms for small groups. Have the drawing board up there so that either you're drawing and they can see or they can add to it. If you're talking about faith journey, you're like, Here's a map. I mean, one of the things that I've loved about doing an adult Bible study on Zoom is like, oh, we're talking about where this place is. And you're like, here, let me Google it and screen share. And there's a map that they Ooh. can all see where I'm talking about uh, Midian is or where this city, you know, Judah is compared to, uh, you know, Bethlehem versus Jerusalem and, you know, whatever it is you're talking about. Um, so use some of those screen share video basis. Um but also, overall, youth are kind of zoomed out, especially those who that are doing, like here in Pennsylvania, all, as of now, all school districts have to at least be hybrid, if not completely online. It's, it's all online here right now. Yeah, so in my area, it's all hybrid, so, well, that's not true. Where I live, it's all online, and where my church is, it's hybrid. So they're online three days a week. So, like, they're kind of zoomed out. Yeah, so if not more. <laughs> so just because you filled an hour in person doesn't mean each week doesn't mean you have to fill an hour on each week, not in, uh, like when you're on Zoom. So if you're only meeting for a half hour, that's okay. If you get a solid half hour out of that, you yeah. know. And then also breakout rooms. I don't really know how they work. I've never, <laughs> I've never had to do them, but I've been part of them, yeah. and they can be really helpful. Yeah, and you can assign breakout rooms. So um, I was just going through this um, with people from my former church that I'm good friends with still. They have taken over the confirmation. They've been confirmation class teachers for years, but this is they're taking over the online because the pastor is out on uh, uh, parental leave. And so I was helping them with Zoom, and I was showing them breakout rooms. And if you assign it, you can have one adult in each breakout room and then the kids just be random after that. Or you can even assign them like, you know, like this group is friends. So let's assign them to be in one uh, breakout room, which might actually lead to conversation better than if you did random. True. Um, or let's put all the talkers in one room so that all of the introverts are in the other room. Oh, that's mean, but also good. But then it means that the introverts <laughs> exactly. might actually talk. So, um... But so you can, and you can then keep the rooms like that takes a little bit more coordinating in the background, uh, beforehand. Um, but you know, and you can also, if you're playing the video earlier, you can do that and have it all set up during the video of get your breakout rooms together so that when you get ready for small groups, you just do it. You can also put timers up on it. So it's like, okay, you all have 15 minutes to talk. And then a minute left, they, you get a warning that breakout rooms are going to end in a minute. So it's actually, it's really good as far as using that breakout room stuff. Force people to come back to you. Yes. <laughs> Be done. Yep. So yeah. um, the one thing I will say, because I've done this in Zoom a bunch of times, if you're going to have breakout rooms report back, make sure that they tell them this in advance so that A, they can pay attention to what breakout room they're in. And also that they know that they're talking about, like, reporting to the larger group. Because it's not, like, it's harder to, like, do that, like, oh, which one of us is going to talk when there's, you're in the main group session. Right. Okay. Anyway, so, side note. Yes. Good tip. The other thing you can do, also, depending on how uh, the cases are going <laughs> in your location, is you could keep doing what you've been doing 
as far as in person, but doing them in small groups and also, of course, social distancing. And masked. And, ma- and masked, um, especially if you're inside and especially as things are going to get colder. You could do multiple sessions a week doing the same thing with your kids at once. Again, this works yeah. better if you either have a small group to begin with or but like break it up. Being from the Midwest, I mean, my Lutheran churches that I was involved in in, in high school and then po- middle school, high school, and then post-college all had like, you know, 30 kids in each confirmation class. So there was like 60 kids each Wednesday night. So you could easily be like, okay, we're going to do a Wednesday night session. We're going to do a Sunday night session. And we're going to do like a Tuesday afternoon session. And that way, instead of having 60 kids all at once, you have 20 kids. And then it's less kids that are in the building at a time and therefore less content. So hopefully you have a lot of volunteers though, because that could get exhausting. Yeah, true. Um, oh yeah uh and then one thing that i've done if you want to do something this has worked for me i've done this in a bunch of different confirmation classes is just a random in-person activity you can do that kind of allows some social distancing is i've put together scavenger hunts of the symbols of the church so they each get a bible and they are given a verse and that bible verse leads to something that is in the sanctuary so like the verse of like, uh, uh, put your yoke upon me. Um, I can't even think of the quote of, uh, and lay your burdens upon me and the yoke can share the, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. That verse is then you, uh, like their next clue then is they have to go to a stole and then they, on the back of the stole, they get the next verse. So you can do this where like each group is a different color of paper. So like the pink and the green and the orange group, and then it allows them to spread out a little bit in the sanctuary. So just one of those random activities that you can do in person. But still fun. Yeah. And as always, if you are in a location where your kids are not as physically, you know, living quite so far away from each other, you could drive around and do like one-on-one porch visits or like drop off different mm-hmm. things if that you're going to do. Yeah. And as far as timing, like, you know, so uh, so much confirmation has traditionally been like two to three years, every Wednesday night during the school year for uh, throughout the yeah for an hour, an hour and a half at a time. Uh, but it, you're in a group, and I think if you do one on ones, it might seem like a lot more time. But one hour of good one on one is probably worth four to five hours of like traditional lesson time. Absolutely. So, uh, cause it's about, I mean, to me, confirmation is not about instilling facts that kids then need to memorize so that they can spit out what does the, what is the fifth commandment and what does it mean to us? Like, I don't care if they ever know that cause they can look it up. To me, confirmation is much more about building those relationships. And so if it is about building those relationships, then not, don't have just you be the one doing the porch visits. Get some of the other adults in your con- uh, congregation who are willing to do them and have those conversations. And so you have a team of like, you know, five adults who are willing to go and do these porch visits. And even if it's just once a month for an hour, well, they only have five kids. That's a much, that's one hour a week for them. Or keep your mentor, if you do like confirmation mentors, yeah. this that's a great thing that you could keep going because yeah. yeah, that's literally one-on-one. You could yeah. do that once a month. 
Yep. If you, that's how you did it, you could totally keep that going. And they all don't have to be in porch. It, it can be a phone call. It can be Zoom. Like, Garage. You know, <laughs> Zoom. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> all, all sorts of different ways. Um, something else that would work, and I know some people who've done this and have tried and have failed, but now might be a good time for that is some self-paced confirmation because let's face it, we all have those six, those like fourth graders who are like so engaged with the church and are ready to be confirmed then and understand faith. And then we have like the 10th graders who are not interested and never have been. Um, so the self-paced confirmation actually you, you can gauge it so much more for their learning level. And then also something that you can have adults do too because they're interested in learning a little bit more. And so. you can get, like, a whole church to participate. And I've, I've done that with one kid. Yeah. Because that's an awkward <laughs> class yes. size. And, like, parts of it worked really well. Yeah. So let's talk about it. Uh, so you can record lessons, like, again, using your video app on your, you know, we're getting really used to cameras on our computers and record something that is a lesson. And then have the, uh, the students, whether that is a kid or an adult, uh, complete activities that go along with it uh, that they have to hand in in order to get it checked off of the list. And you can say they have to do so many of these lessons over the course of the, the school year. And some will bang it out during spring break or one week that they have off of school or a weekend or whatever. And others will take all year to do 10 lessons or whatever the case is. And so you can have maybe a worksheet that goes along with it or they have to do a prayer journal that go or some other activity that's in response to the lesson itself. Mm -hmm. um, if you want to group your lessons together in some way, I've done like a big confirmation test. Yeah. Like all together. And then the kid has like four months to do it open source. Mm -hmm. um, and then they could get it done right away. They could take yeah. all four months to do it. Boom. It just has to be in yeah. at the end. Um, now is also a good time for sermon notes. I hate sermon notes in the traditional sense because of... Um, because I think you have to be so vague. Something that I that I did the last time I did sermon notes, which was when I was on internship, because I hate them so much, is I got the senior pastor myself to adjust the form each week based on our sermon. Ooh. So I asked three questions in response to our sermon instead of just the, what was the good news or what was the point? What did you hear? Yeah. So, um, but that's a good thing that again, cause everything's, you know, I, I'm all of our services for the last few months have all been on YouTube so they can go to the church website or you can have elsewhere, uh, you know, a Google form where they find this, this is a sermon note for, you know, September 20th. Here's a sermon note for September 27th. And then they can go and watch the video and come back and, you know, and they can watch that sermon video, you know, six months from now. And you can encourage other members of your congregation to do it too and I actually when I did it and I encouraged everyone to do it I got people who said oh I think I listened a little bit better yep. as I as they were filling it out did I read all of them no <laughs> no because uh, like and especially like the adults you don't even need to have it turned in and right. uh or it could even be for the youth like their parents sign off that they did it and and encourage the parents and the kids to then have a discussion about the sermon. Like, what did you hear? Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so that the parents are signing off on it because it is the parents' promise to help teach their child faith. Going back to our baptism. So, and stealth. Um, you can do book reports, whether that's having them read a book from the Bible and kind of summarize it. And by book, it can be an entire book. 
um, I would suggest maybe shorter ones on that, like Ruth or Esther or, you know, instead of like Jonah. Yeah. Instead of all of Matthew and try and summarize Isaiah. Matthew. But, or it could be like, here, take this smaller section of like, here are the parables in Matthew, or here's the, do something on the, the chat, the passion narrative in Matt, you know, of the gospels. And they can do either a book report on the Bible, on the books of the Bible or you can even find a list of theology books that you give them, and it can have um, modern, you know, adult books of like here, read Dear Church or um, Rob Bell or Rachel Held Evans. Yeah, um, which again, those are a little bit older than most of our confirmation age kids, but it could be some. You could probably find theology books. I. I don't know. I would hope there's, there's some out there. I was going to say, there's a lot of public... Like, I feel like now there's a more of a glut of good, you know, upper elementary slash high school age books out there on different, like, from the Lutheran side, Augsburg Fortress and Fortress Press and Beaming Books has some good, have some good options out there. So, yeah. check it out. Let's hope. Um, I have done something uh, for years now of having kids do a confirmation project. And I always compare it to like an Eagle Scout project or a Gold Award project. So if they are in scouting, they are familiar with these ideas. Um, but they can work individually or in pairs. I try not to do more than two unless I only have a confirmation class of three. Um, and then my general thing is it has to be something that betters the congregation or the greater community. And so I have had kids do a food pantry drive where they have gone around their neighborhood and dropped off flyers one week and then went around and picked up food the next week and they got their entire family involved to pick up the food because they walked while their parent drove the, the minivan down the street and they would haul the food back and forth um, or even a small group of friends with that. Um, they've done a sock drive for a homeless uh, organization in our town where they collected socks at the church for a month or two um, and their goal was so many socks and so they kind of got the congregation involved of trying to f get this many pairs of socks um, they can do a social event if they want something like that and again community too and right now is my favorite one that any kid has ever done and it's they're doing a clothing closet and so the clothing closet in our town has shut down and so they've done a clothing drive and they collected at one of our in-person outdoor social distance worship services of clothing and some more is just coming in and so she's now organizing it and separating all the clothes she's in eighth grade doing this and then is going to take our social hall which is mainly empty at the moment and we'll set up times over a weekend in October where families can come in which we're going to work with uh, one of the social workers at the schools um, that they can set times over the weekend of appointments and it's going to be like one or two families in at a time where they can come in and shop for clothes for their kids and by shop free. Um, <laughs> they get free clothes for their kids. And That's they can, awesome. And I'm just super impressed and so proud of that event. So, and yet here, like she's in eighth grade and leading this congregation in this like new ministry. And I'm kind of hoping that that becomes then an actual ministry of the congregation and not this one-off thing. Yeah. So, that it keeps going. Yeah. Yeah. That is amazing. Yeah. When uh, in, in my own self-paced curriculum, I've also asked kids when they've done their own uh, confirmation kind of service projects is then to do a little write-up, whether mm -hmm. that's one sentence, three sentences, five sentences, 
like what did this mean to you what did you how did you feel about it to kind of give them kind of like a concrete connection piece how did this connect to your faith something that sort of ties into something else that I tried and it kind of it like it happened um maybe this would work a little bit better now I had a like a group blog with my ideally it was with my one confirmation student and supposed to be the other members of the congregation were also supposed to be contributors maybe this would work better if you had multiple kids doing this uh Squarespace which uh, my website is through has like a blog option Mm -hmm. where you know kind of the master poster can post questions or videos lessons and then you I think you have to do like a just like a sign in (laughs) Um, like a one-time sign-in or like to sign up so that your name pops up when you comment, but you can like comment on the main post. You can comment on other people's posts. You can share. It kind of functions as its own kind of social media page, but you don't have to like set it up on another platform if you already have Squarespace or another type of website option. Um, and then it is public. So, you know, there's that bit of a drawback so other members can comment interact share their own wisdom as well uh another thing that you can do is and i've done this again for a few years is having a faith story project and i've done this where uh right before they're confirmed i uh, and encourage kids to do this and this is how i i wrote it to a parent earlier this year was that i require a faith project before com- before the actual confirmation and it doesn't have to be it can be any creative way to share one's faith with the congregation. They can make a piece of artwork, write a poem, do an interpretive dance, write a song, bake a cake, write a story, make a PowerPoint presentation, make a poster board, or write a 50-page essay about their faith. And it's kind of my joke of I don't want them to actually write something. I was going to say, did somebody actually no, write no. a 50-page essay? It, that's my joke in order to keep people from actually just like, let me write something, but actually be creative in some ways. And I've had drawings made i've done i've seen them do like powerpoint presentations uh, and poster boards somebody did make a cake actually once ah that's amazing and <laughs> decorated it with jonah on it uh had somebody write a song did a dance i mean like all the things i have given uh, as examples somebody has done for my confirmation kids and it's awesome um i used to do this at one church that was a little bit larger they would have a dinner the night before confirmation and where they would do the re- rehearsal of what it was. But I had all the kids present their confirmation project then. And then also the parents had um, baptismal boxes, which was uh, uh, a tradition I inherited. But that was really cool where they had a, a box that they were asked to put their baptismal mementos in. And so we gave them time to share with their kid what was in it. So it was often like their baptismal gown or candle or their certificate or pictures or cards that they received that was the most often things sometimes they would write a letter about and about um that they would give to their child talking about the baptism and what uh their memories of that day um and so normally i would give them some time to share as a family and then we would go around the room and just share one or like the most meaningful thing for the kid uh that they would share and then they would also share their faith projects so some thoughts, that, uh, some questions that I ask kids as a way of helping them engage and to get some ideas is what is your favorite Bible story or verse? What is a favorite hymn, camp song, or song that you've learned in Sunday school? When has someone else done something nice to you because of their faith? 
when or in other ways showed shared their faith with you? When have you done something nice or shared your faith with someone else because of your faith? Who has taught you about your faith and what have they taught you? In the future, when and why do you think the church will be important to you? What are some questions about life that you have and how can your faith help be helpful in exploring those answers? And what are has been meaningful moments to you in worship, Sunday school, or another church-related activity? So just those are questions that I put out there to just kind of get their brains going on what the project would be. So um, again, something that can completely be done on their own um, project-wise. And but have like I said, I've had some really creative, wonderful responses That's to that. That's cool. So they would video themselves doing whatever or presenting, um, or they or they could they could what it is. I mean, sometimes I've just gotten a picture. Uh, like right now. It, because of the pandemic, you could get uh, what I did this past, uh, I, we just had confirmation past Sunday, um, that I received a email with the picture and then like a, like two sentence explanation of the picture. Mm -hmm. Um, or here's the song, you know, here's if they were doing a dance, like a recording of them doing a dance or something like that, that they could upload. Mm -hmm. And then you can share that on Facebook or you can share that like, and I do say it's going to be shared publicly in some way. Mm -hmm. Um, with their comfort level of of how public, so right at least and by public I mean at least by parents right and you could like I mean conf uh, the Reformation Sunday is coming up which is a common confirmation. confirmation or time to get confirmed and that's something that you could either put all together or somehow present during worship as like mm -hmm. we're celebrating our confirmands and like here's a cool thing that they did yeah um, and then another. We kind of talked about this about one-on-one -on -one discussions, pastors, youth leaders. Um, you can even like do a list of topics that they have to pick a topic from, and um, and then, or they can talk about whatever's on their mind as long as it's not like trivial in some ways. Right. Like, what is your you know like how the pink backpack is so much cooler than the purple backpack? I don't know, um, but actually you can have a list of questions about like what is what does Jesus mean when he says love all people who are the all or what does love mean you can have more in-depth questions about like what does the church say about human sexuality or whatever and they can even like have to choose in advance so they they can give you a little bit of heads up to yeah, research <laughs> so um but again something that can be done one-on-one uh, -on -one and self-paced and so that can definitely be something that you set up that they have to do like one throughout the school year. Um, yeah, and at the, with any of these, you could make a menu. Yeah. And pick any of the things we just did. Pick five of this, two of this. Yeah. Have them check it off, and like the whole thing is basically like a self-paced. Yep. You know, have self-paced components and other types of components. Yeah. And like, and I think what the pandemic is definitely teaching us is, which we already knew, but it's reinforcing, is that people have different learning styles. And there are so many people for whom in-person learning is not actually the best. And so they like the self-paced. And there's many people for whom the Zoom, Zoom learning is great and for those that it's not good. And so this kind of allows that option. So if you do something like you have to do 10 activities, here's your list, or you have to do X number of activities, but it's like you think that sermon notes aren't as... Uh, are you have to do two, three sermon notes for every book report or something like that because you figure out time-wise that it's going to take. 
Um, customizable and yep. <laughs> fitting of your context. Yep. All right, let's talk about the fun one. <laughs> well, group. a confirmation can be fun. But youth group is sort of like the fun younger sister mm-hmm. of yeah. <laughs> confirmation. I don't know. Older sister? Fun older sister? Yeah. Fun twin. Uh, so my youth group has been meeting since April on Zoom. Uh, uh, I know I've mentioned it before. We meet at 9 o'clock on Wednesdays, which is perfect. For, PM, right? Yeah, yeah. 9 p.m. on Wednesdays. <laughs> which... Uh, yeah, which is perfect for that age group and being on Zoom. Uh, we have loved online games has been our thing. So uh, you can find online escape rooms. So there's like a Harry Potter one. There's one that we did that was through um, oh, uh, Google Maps, uh, Google Earth, actually. And that was really cool because we went all over the world. Like we went... Uh, to Norschweinstein Castle and Antarctica and Ooh. yeah and so we talked about all of them and it was like really exciting they had to put in their the uh, GPS coordinates the latitude longitude coordinates actually and then it, it figured out where we were and and occasionally there were some videos anyway um, neat another one that they love is Scribble which is S K R I B B L and it, you can find that at S K R I B B L dot I O and it's like Pictionary. They love that. I've been like, okay, it's late, peace out. And I've heard during the summer that they've played to like midnight. <laughs> like, oh my gosh! Yeah, I'm like, have fun. Um, and only, and they only got off then because the one's dad said you had to go to bed before midnight. So they were up to like 11:45 playing. Scandalous. <laughs> yeah. There is scategoriesonline.net, so you can play categories. Um, we haven't done this one, but you could do charades because they have their video on and you can even mute them so they can't actually talk. You can't <laughs> cheat. Yes, much easier. Um, the one that they introduced this week to me is there is a app called Among Us, which is if you've ever kind of, it's it's kind of similar to if you've ever played the game. Uh, oh, now I can't think of the name of the game. Uh, oh, uh, Ignore me. I can't okay. remember the name of the game. Assassins. That's it. Oh, uh, which is with cards in person, but it's kind of like that where you have different characters and one of you uh, is the murderer and you have to like go and you're in space and you have to complete these tasks. And then when there's a dead, uh, when the murderer kills another person, then there's like time for uh, people to talk and figure out who the murderer oh, like is. like mafia. So it's yeah, like mafia. space mafia. It ah! is. On your phone. Space mafia, space assassins. Like That's cool. Um, so you can play that game. Um, and then you can do a scavenger hunt of where you have to be online of your congregations or denominations website and they have to find different things. Is that something you've done? I haven't, but I've heard of people doing it. Okay. Um, like it's a good way to get to know like what, what is on your website? What is, you know, denominationally or your own congregation. And then maybe they will be like, um, we should fix this. And there's a mistake here. Um, and we do have a little bit of time for, uh, we don't just play games, there's discussions, but our discussion is normally like checking in, and I normally ask the question of where they've seen God uh, recently, and so um, that's, I would say about half the kids answer each week, which is cool. I mean, mm-hmm. that's also a question that we ask in worship, so they're used to that question in my church. Mm-hmm. Um But you can do something where you have a topic of the day, and I would suggest if you do that, you announce the next week's next time meetings topic at the end of the previous meeting so they can think about their questions and mm-hmm. and thoughts on that um hot seat is a big one where each person where one week 
you know, this person gets grilled and everybody gets to ask them questions. The other, um, my only caveat with that is sometimes the questions can get more personal than what mm. kids are willing to ask. So you need to make sure that you have a significant amount of trust within your group before you do that or allow kids to back out of the questions. Or could you like have it, all the kids ask the questions in the chat and then like the pastor or the youth leader person like read the questions and then they can have the option of like not asking a particular question. That that would be true too. That would be a good one too um, so that it's not. So there's a little bit of filter. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, and then you can also just do a Bible study uh, and don't, I think so often we think Bible study and we feel like there's so much planning that has to go in. Just do the upcoming Sunday's text. Whatever you're going to preach on, if you're the pastor, if you're the youth leader, just pick those coming Sundays. There's not tons of, you don't have to go nearly as in-depth as people often think when they do Bible study. So mm -hmm. Yeah, keep it simple. All right, so um, a lot of the things regarding in-person stuff we did sort of touch on, you could use, you could steal from our previous uh episode <laughs> and um, also um the same thing you've been doing but so, smaller groups and socially distanced exactly yeah. like, a, a couple that i just wanted to highlight um last week we mentioned floor or ground is lava i think maybe last week i also talked about like last a, month last month whatever yeah <laughs> what is time uh last time um i think i also maybe brought up like pumpkin carving especially if you're doing like pumpkin decorating bonus points if you can tie it into reformation uh, get some reformation symbols but the one that i recently have thought of would be fun um my husband and i are very into a show called taskmaster which is a british show which is not safe for work so you know don't tune in <laughs> if there's other people in your office if you're in your office or put on some uh, headphones but it is hysterical it is basically uh they have five people competing through creative tasks but they don't know how each other did until the very end when they get to watch each other perform those tasks. So how this might work out in youth group, I've called it task pastor. You would send a youth a sealed envelope with some sort of weird or creative um, wonky task and you can watch the show for um, some ideas. It's, it's sort of like minute to win it as well. You could have them record themselves doing the task on their phone and that way you could see like did they open it beforehand and make sure that they don't see what the task is before they're about to do it because that's part of the fun is like they don't know what it's going to be mm -hmm. and they're going to have an adventure and then when they're done they could send you their video and then when you have your next zoom youth group you could watch watch all the videos together and so see how each other did what are some of these tasks since i've never heard of this show before okay so some of these tasks are like um, the most amount of frozen peas eat, eaten in 30 seconds. Um, t t you would, you could also, another one would be, you know, have a little plastic man and take him on an adventure. You have half an hour to plan and like one minute, make a one minute video. Um, best adventure, you know, it's totally arbitrary judging as okay. far as like the best one. What are some of the other ones? Um... Uh, oh yeah, I'd have to think about what ones would be <laughs> kind of youth appropriate, but it's sort of, um, kind of creative things about like, all right, oh, like put a bunch of grapes on a skateboard and like the most amount of grapes like sent on a particular path, like that stays on the skateboard wins. Um, 
stuff okay. like that. Just zany, just zany stuff. So maybe you might need to actually give them the grapes, though. Right, right. Not assume they just have grapes. At right. Home. Yeah, you would have to like tailor. Unfortunately, you'd have to like tailor the task to stuff that they would probably like yeah. have in their kitchen or like um, build the tallest tower out of, and then gotcha. pick something that you would have lying around, and you have five minutes. <laughs> And so you could also do this in person because you could. Yeah, they're yeah. all individual tasks. So it's like the one who's the taskmaster at the moment would be on stage or whatever. Yes. And then everybody else. You can could have be them. They're they're in the okay. show. If you know, if you're familiar with the show, there is like options where like they're all doing it at the same time as well. Okay. Yeah. In different areas. It's it's a funny show. Go watch it. <laughs> it's getting me through the pandemic right now. When I watched The Floor is Love, I felt like I, uh... Don't... Yeah, this is way better than The Floor is Love. Okay, because I felt like I wasted an hour when I watched The Floor is Lava, but... But that is actually funny. Other reality shows. (laughs) Uh, Another thing that in person that you can do is, because it's 2020, um, you can tie-dye mask. I did this when I was was camp. Uh, I actually had one in my pocket that I just pulled out, um, because... It's, uh, you can get the white face mask from various places and then you just tie dye them like you would a t-shirt. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's a, a good social distance, uh, thing that you can do right now. And be very handy and be yes, fashionable. Because it's 2020. So, um, all right. Shots. Yeah, let's go right to shots. All right. All right. So You're... October 4th is, it's the Feast of St. Francis. Yes. So you could do a blessing of the animals. Which would be a good socially distanced outdoor activity. We are going to do that with blessing of the animals. I'm not going to actually bless the animals. I'm going to have them lay their, bless each, they're going to Individually bless their, bless their yep. animals. That's cool. Yep. Awesome. So that's a fun activity you could do. The uh, gospel reading is from Matthew 21, 36, or sorry, 33 through 46. It's the story of how, or the parable that Jesus tells of um, the slaves who kill the vineyard owner's son. Oh, Matthew. <laughs> Matthew has some fun Ugh, parables. This is a rough run of Matthew. I'm really glad I'm preaching on Exodus this fall. Like, this is what <sighs> makes me feel happy about. Okay, it's anyway. really tempting. Um, if you haven't already, in some of these parables that Jesus is telling, it, this might be a good week to acknowledge you, your own un, being uncomfortable with Jesus's comfortable boldness in talking about slavery and sort of taking it as kind of face value as kind of a fact of life rather than Jesus saying this is a bunch of shit and like shouldn't have happened I'm kind of uncomfortable that Jesus isn't like oh by the way slavery is bad yes and you can say oh they were servants and not slaves but they were slaves like Mm -hmm. these were people who were like you were indentured at, at minimum to the 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 master for years and years and it's not like you can just say screw this job and shove it and walk away it's it kind of minimizes it because i i think that in the text the original like the the word is slave yes correct me if i'm wrong please doulos yeah um yeah so there's that (laughs) you can be upfront and honest about that one way you could sort of uh do kind of a little on the flip side is I would recommend if you have, if you haven't already heard of the Whitney plantation, go look it up. Um, I recently read about it in one of the anti-racism books that I've been reading this summer as many people have. Um, it is a, a museum that gets really real about what plantations really did to the people who were enslaved and how the, con- how awful the conditions actually were. And they give tours 
And they aren't, they don't talk about plantations as like, oh, wow, the hoop skirts and the whatever and the, <laughs> the oh, this is a pretty wedding venue. Here's no. the 10 white people that lived on the property. Yeah, this was a camp of people who were tortured and stolen their good, you know, their profit, you know, were profited from. Um, so Google Whitney Plantation um, and you could use that as one of your uh, illustrations about this. Here's some kind of, here's a, here's a place that you can learn about real history. The other thing that Jesus talks about is the cornerstone. You could physically have a stack of blocks um, and talk about how a cornerstone is what you set in the ground to make sure your whole building is kind of in the right spot and is going to be fine. Square and squared and all that good stuff. You could have a stack of blocks if you have Jenga at home. This would be the perfect thing to do with Jenga. Um, and then remove sort of the cornerstone and then watch it all fall down. So make a great mess. You could also do kind of the... Um, use like an archway and talk about how the, the keystone in the middle of the arch, I'm doing it as if you can all at home see what I'm doing. <laughs> the keystone, which is the very top part of the two parts of the arch and how important that is for holding the whole arch together. And if you took that away again, it would all fall down. Anyway, um, the Exodus reading, which obviously Becca is going <laughs> to be preaching on. It might be better, a better option is from Exodus 20 variations, various re verses from chapter 20. It's the Ten Commandments. Uh, you could show a video of that great classic movie, The Ten Commandments. Or better, History of the World Part 1. These are the 15. Ten. Ten Commandments. There's lots of jokes out there about the Ten Commandments. Please, please use them. Yes. Uh, you could rewrite the Ten Commandments in your own words. This is a great activity for your youth group or your confirmation class to do. And then you could present it in worship. Mm -hmm. um, have them write it in their own words. Or you could use one of those Sunday school songs of the Ten Commandments. I don't really know any of them, but maybe you do. There's a bunch online that you can find. I know like four different versions, but none of them well enough to sing. <laughs> or, okay, fair yes. enough. Or you could rewrite the Ten Dual Commandments from Hamilton and use that. Yeah. Uh, I know one person I know might have done it, and I'll have to find it. <laughs> Um, October 11th is my baptismal anniversary, uh, but more important, uh, so, uh, the, but that's the important thing. <laughs> it is the important thing, really. I know you're all going to celebrate my baptismal anniversary wherever you may be. Um, and now that I say it, I think actually maybe it's October 10th. I need to look up. So, uh, it's one of the two days. So, uh, Matthew 22, 1 through 14 is the, uh, gospel reading. It's the parable of the guests not coming to the wedding banquet. So then the slaves go out and get the people off the street who are invited. And then a guy comes who's not dressed appropriately. And then the king sees it. And then he throws him into the outer darkness. So let's just face it. This parable sucks. Uh -huh. Like it is just a confusing. We don't really understand. People smarter than us have probably figured it out. So go find them. <laughs> I don't think anyone has figured this out. Debbie Thomas probably does. I don't know who that is. <laughs> Journeying with Jesus. What? You know who that is. Journeying with Jesus. We okay. don't... I'll share it. Okay, anyway. <laughs> we'll make this right. Um. So, but it is one of those videos that you can act out and then talk about that, like, sudden turn and, like, how this person was so excited to be invited to the banquet but then not invited to... Like, what the hell just happened here? Or even the king who was like, hey, I'm going to have this wedding banquet for my son and then... Wait, what the hell? Nobody wants to come? Like, do they hate me? Well, let's invite all these other people. Screw them. I'm going to 
uh, wait till you they hear about how awesome my wedding banquet's gonna be without them. Oh, and now I'm just in a pissy pissy mood because <laughs> this is grumpy. I don't like, but it, it's a like it's an interesting one that if you act out, you can kind of explore those emotions a lot more than the scripture has. Um, an example that Lydia thought of, which was great, is it's kind of like if how no one wears a white dress to a wedding, and but. What if a wedding crasher wore a white dress yeah. to a wedding? Right. <laughs> like, just how inappropriate. Or um, or even, like, now that I'm thinking about it, like, my sister-in-law wanted to change from her dress into cut-off shorts before the dinner began at my wedding. And Okay. Yeah. I like that <laughs> sure. you from small town Wisconsin. I was just as confused because she's from small town Wisconsin. Yeah. I was like, can you wait till the dance begins and then you can change? I could see that. Or just or just commit and just wear it the whole time. Yeah. But no. <laughs> anyway. So just one of those, like, especially weddings, we always have those ideas and nothing ever there's I when I meet with wedding couples I always say there's something is going to go wrong during your wedding you do not know what it is and you can either let it ruin your day or you can make it have it be the thing that's memories and you'll laugh and about it later so this king apparently didn't let it, it he let this guy's outfit ruin his day so um so or you can just preach on any other reading that day <laughs> so the old testament reading in this uh semi-continuous is exodus 32 uh 1 through 14 which is about the golden calf so this is a good one to talk about all the golden calves that we have today in our lives and so like we often talk about money as the big one but there's also sports and prestige and cars and I actually use the phrase golden calf in one of my newsletter articles for September. And somebody thought I was talking about tearing down statues, uh, like the his historical statues, which honestly I did not mean. But yes, that's a golden calf in our world today. Uh-huh. Um, fake history of like what you were talking about, about not actually wanting to acknowledge the hardship of slavery. That is a golden calf. Um but we also have golden calves of the stained glass windows in our church buildings. The candlesticks. Yes. And the adiaphora of what order you light the freaking candles in or all these other things that we also haven't dealt with in seven months by the time this will come up. Because uh, we haven't been in church, in our regular worship Not in the same set. way. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so you can talk about all those golden calves that have been, in some of which, taken away. And now we can either double down on them after not having them after they were taken away from us through pandemic or realize they're just that golden calves that we've put in in place of worshiping god so all right october 18th slightly better (laughs) (laughs) oh matthew oh matthew matthew 22 15 through 22 jesus uh, is telling people to give to the emperor the things that belong to the emperor and to give to God the things that are that belong to God. So it's like taxes, two weeks before the election, we. <laughs> but isn't it interesting how we have on our money, you know, in God we trust? That's that's interesting. It's a thing. They're... With not the current president, no. dead president. There's a dead president. And Ben Franklin. Yeah, and that guy. <laughs> But not Harriet Tubman, no. No, no, not Harriet Tubman. Heck no. <laughs> Sarcasm. 
Um, so like our money now, um, I remember listening to a podcast, I think it was like the history of the world and a hundred objects. They talked about like an ancient Roman coin and the pract, the common practice of stamping the head of an emperor Mm -hmm. on your money because the emperor were, were, they were worshipped as divine. Mm -hmm. And this is like, to remind you, this is the person who you are being ruled by, by the way. And so Jesus saying, give to the emperor what is the emperor's, give to God what is God's, whose image are, if money has the image of the emperor, whose image are we stamped or created in? Obviously it's God's, and you could like wrap some cool Mm -hmm. baptismal imagery. um, And kind of go that direction if you don't want to go complete separation of church and state yeah the taxes direction you could also have people write down what they already give to the emperor things like taxes and then compare that to what they give to god and then if you're kind of doing a starting if you're even thinking about stewardship yeah our stewardship campaign you could take that angle and maybe it would be a good time to kind of launch into those discussions, especially now. So not even income tax, if you're talking about like the 6% or 7 or whatever it is in your state, sales tax versus are they giving that much to the church? Mm. So not even the full 10% Because we pay taxes all the time, yes. not just once a year or four times a year if you're a pastor. Um, it's kind of sneaks in everywhere. Gas, yes. you know, going to the store, it's everywhere. Anyway, Exodus 33, 12 through 23, this is the fun story that is about Moses seeing the backside of God. (laughs) He sees God's ass. (laughs) Because the rest of God is too intense for humanity to see. God means Moses. Yeah. (laughs) So lean into that if you have people with good, good senses of humor in your congregation. I also want to lift up... If you are on TikTok, which at the recording of this podcast... It still exists in the United States. It still States. <laughs> does exist, and you still have access to it. Um, Emmy Kegler, who is a Lutheran pastor, is on TikTok, and she made a fantastic TikTok making fun of a particular meme that's going around. If, you, if you're if you on TikTok, you know what I'm talking about. But she has a funny video, and I'll link it on our Facebook, about how it's the confusion about humans here... God saying no graven images, and the joke is that humans hear Caucasian images, and God is horrified that God is now depicted as a bearded white man, an old yes. white man. And that actually, that TikTok could probably actually work for any of the two previous Sundays, too, exactly. uh, when you're looking at the uh, oh, uh, the Exodus reading, but it's kind of a fun one, too. It's hysterical. Go look at it. Yes. I think you should just moon your congregation while you are... <laughs> Or maybe threaten to. <laughs> you know. All right. October 25th is Reformation Day. Uh, we have talked in depth about the Reformation text on previous episodes, so go check those out. Uh, but instead, we'll talk about the, uh, the year A lectionary reading. So Matthew 22, 34 through 46, which is for, you know, lectionary number whatever, whatever Sunday after Pentecost. <laughs> I think we're up to 30 Five something. million Sunday in Coronatide. Yeah. Uh, so... And actually, it works really well for Reformation Day because it's what are the two greatest commandments to love God and to love others. And so something you can do if you're in person, hand out paper hearts like that you cut out of like an eight and a half by 11 sheet of paper, decent size, and have people write on one side, whether that's half the heart or on one side of it completely, and then flip over uh, ways that they love God and on the other ways that they love others. 
you can they can also just draw a heart on a sheet of paper at home if you aren't worshiping in person or if they, you have uh, live streaming for those at home. And then challenge people to actually keep track throughout the week of how they are loving God and how they are loving others. And re big reveal at the end, by loving others, you are loving God and you can't love God without loving others. Oh, Ooh. so different sides of the same heart is kind of the point of that. Uh, the Deuteronomy, we have moved from Exodus to Deuteronomy. Real um, fast. Yes, we just jumped over Leviticus and Numbers. Uh, so it is Deuteronomy 34, the death of Moses. So here's always the question to ponder. If uh, Moses wrote the Torah, which includes Deuteronomy, how did he write about his own death? Use magic. <laughs> just something to always think about. Um, but something to talk about there is that Moses saw the promised land and did not enter and how there are things that we work for that we will not receive. And we, so we have this mindset of I suffered and therefore they should suffer too, the people behind us. Um, that's also called hazing. Um, <laughs> but there are so many things that we work for in order to make a difference in the people who are coming after us. And so the biggest one is inheritance. But also when we're talking about climate change regulations, like most of us are going to be dead by the time the, like, of old age by the time the world reaches its point where it's unsustainable for humans if we keep going that way we're going. However, if we do climate change regulations now, we will make a difference, yes, for us somewhat, but even more so for the people after us. But that's also true for like family and parental leave policies after you're done having kids. Like how many uh, people in the church world have been like, um, I only got like my two weeks of vacation after having a child. And so our denomination or our synod or whatever needs to have a maternity leave policy. And that's only because of people fighting for it who went through the hardship and the shit and mm -hmm. made it change. So that's something that we can talk about. Also, the people who built the church, your congregation, yes, somewhat for them, but also for the people who are now worshipers there, however many years later that was. So anyway. All right. Yay! Chaser! So we're going to link... Um, there's a Facebook page for something called Youth Ministry Consultants. And a couple of weeks ago, they had a webinar called Zoomed Out Youth. And it was really excellent. And I wish I would have took more notes because I was kind of zoomed out at that point, too. Fortunately, they recorded it and put it on Facebook and on their Facebook page, and we will link that for you so that you can enjoy it as well. I remember being really, really good and being like, wow, I need to watch this again, and then I didn't. But I should. Lydia. Bad. I'm a terrible person. Bad. Bad <laughs> podcast covers. <laughs> But I, I noticed enough about how awesome it was to be able to recommend it to all of you because it was actually really good. So we will share that on our Facebook and Twitter page, and we will also share it in the show notes for today or in the... Um, all the places. Yeah. But <laughs> if you go to your notes for on the podcast feed, it will be in there too. So a link mm -hmm. to it. Um, so in the meantime, you can find us on Facebook and on Twitter at Lit Liturgy. You can also email us at litliturgy at gmail.com, L-I-T-L-I-T-U-R-G-Y at gmail.com. And as always, we want to thank Brian Odeon for our theme music. Wee! And what are we going to talk about next time, Lydia? Advent. <laughs> Where did that come from? Lydia's now possessed. It's <laughs>
It just feels so heavy right now. I know. We like, have... a lot of people are already, like, freaking out about Advent, like, and Christmas, and talking about Advent and Christmas, and going, oh my gosh, I'm not ready to talk about it. Yes. But I feel like... We need to prepare. We need to prepare. Because it's not going to look like a normal Advent and Christmas. It's not. It it just isn't, and we need to be ready. And that's okay. We can be ready in advance, and it's, and it's okay if Christmas and Advent aren't going to look like we're used to, and yep. we're here to help. So if you have done some thoughts about what you're going to do for Advent and Christmas already, um, in the midst of pandemic, we're not, we're, we're, we aren't sure if we'll still be in person because maybe the numbers will rise up by then, or you for sure, no matter what, we'll have some people who are going to be on Zoom because people aren't comfortable being in person indoors or, hey, you've been worshiping outside all summer, but it's going to be cold by then and you aren't sure about what that's going to do or advent without music um because you are going to be indoors but you aren't supposed to sing any of those things all those things all those things <laughs> uh send us your ideas because we'd love to compile them a little bit plus we'll share our own ideas for and that we'll make you podcast famous yes because it's all about being podcast famous. <laughs> um lydia i am empty on my drink so you I- yelled at me so bad when we did the i still have some left you have like half a mouthful left <laughs> But it's something. <laughs> All right. Because don't cheers you with an empty glass. So in the meantime, this is Becca. And this is Lydia. And we're reminding you to always drink and plan worship responsibly.